Fill Your Cup First is a podcast that bridges a gap between what we know about how important self-care is and practicing it in our real lives. Hosted by Amy Hoke and Kimberly Robago, both busy moms and businesswomen with a background in social work. Fill Your Cup First creates a space for women to move self-care out of the good idea for everyone else category to the great idea for me category and to do it with guilt-free confidence. Welcome to Fill Your Cup First podcast, the podcast that puts self-care where it belongs, at the top of your priority list. We're your hosts, Amy Hoke and Kimberly Robago, and we are so glad you are here with us today. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here with us today. We are so excited about this episode. We have with us today the co-founders of Nourish to Flourish Society, Angel Batten and Jill Tannis. They are life coaches, writers, speakers, and champions of women. We really love that they are, most importantly, chocolate and tea enthusiasts. (laughs) (laughs) They are masters at pulling together nourishing meals on the fly and practicing simple, soulful self-care. Welcome. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, hi ladies. Hi. Good to be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just thought that we would take a, the first uh, part of this conversation for you both to share a little bit about your stories of who you are, uh, your work, and how that all relates to self-care. Mm. <laughs> all right. So, Angel, should I start or do you want to go? Yeah, go for it. So I'm Jill Tannis. I uh, live along the western shoreline of Lake Michigan. Beautiful here, three boys. And um, we have been in this work together now at the Nourish to Flourish Society for just over three years, but we've been practicing in our, um, in our own private practices for over 15 years. And when you had asked about sharing a brief story, I thought back, what, what would be most useful? Like, where did this all begin for me? And I would say that the story that's probably the most useful as it relates to self-care is back uh, having an obsessive-compulsive relationship with food and my body and exercise back in college where I ran myself into the ground with you know, perfectionism and depression and really suppressed emotions um, as I was going through so much change around that time of my life. And I ended up spiraling about about a year and a half to two years later, pretty quickly into a life-threatening eating disorder mm. at the age of 19. And for years after that, as I went into my healing journey, I just, the biggest thing I can think of is that I started to ask better questions. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much for me around an eating disorder with, you know, how many calories does this have, or should I be doing this? What should I be eating? How should I spend my time? But really began to look inside myself and reconnect with myself, you know, not looking outside for answers, but pulling myself back inside and began to connect with my body and spirit on a deeper level. And the question that came to me was, 
you know, not how many calories this burns, but, or how much this, how many calories this is, but does this nourish me? Mm. Does this food nourish me? Does this thought nourish me? Does this action nourish me? Does this relationship nourish me? Mm. And And over time, my whole paradigm shifted from solely coming from this place of head knowledge that I began to kind of pull my heart back into the conversation. So many women work from this head place, right? And mm-hmm. I started to bring this head or this heart back into the conversation and start getting to know myself again. You know, how do I like mm-hmm. to move my body? How, how, what foods do I love? How do I love to spend my time? And so for me, that's a little bit about where the story started for me. And it just continued from there. You know, I, I was, you know, married in my early 20s and we had a garden in our backyard and what a difference it makes to cultivate a garden versus going down a food aisle and picking out something from the frozen food section with 380 calories and zero fat grams and shoving it in the microwave you know Mm -hmm. and I just started having this deeper relationship with myself and with the greater appreciation for how things are created um and then I knew that um, in this paradigm, this is a critical piece that was missing for women. And that's what propelled me. Like, I knew I wanted to work with women in my practice. I wanted to have a private practice working with women around emotional eating, body image, stress, mindset, and really the soul care um, that, you know, how could we put all that together? Mm-hmm. So that's where it started for me. And I just, along with my psychology and exercise science background, I I dove back into several courses and certifications and trainings to deepen my skills and began working with women around, you know, eating psychology and, and mindset. So that's where it started for me. Self-care to me is just a lot more than massage and facials, although I adore that. And I know Angel does too, but it could be a good dance party. Yes. <laughs> it could be getting outside and breathing for five minutes. I know we're going to talk about that um, in a moment, but all of these things for me, it's not just one thing. It's piecing them all together bit by bit to create this nourishing life. Mm. So that's a little bit about where self-care is with me. Great. Okay. Yes, I love I love listening to you tell your story. We have uh-huh. um, we have a lot of parallels, you know, kind of showing up differently in our lives. But so um, for me, I am a woman who, like every woman I know, has lived through so many highs and lows in my life, and also wears so many hats. And when it comes to self care, you know, one of the probably for me the a real turning point was when I was about 30, 29, 30, um, prior actually to having my kids, I, I went through a really intense depression and it was, um, you know, I had struggled with depression a little bit on and off, um, growing up, not, not anything too, you know, major, but at that point in my life, it was, um, it was really intense. I ended up in the hospital. Um, I ended up, you know, in counseling for a long time, I ended up using some antidepressants. And when I sort of came through that experience, partway through, I realized um, I needed to look at how I was taking care of myself. I knew on a really practical level, I was a sugar addict. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I was, you know, it was anything sugar, anything white grains, you know, anything quick fix 
that, you know, pop, you know, all day long. So I knew that that, I realized that that needed to change. Um, and also there, I knew there was some deeper work to be done. So that kind of put me on this path to thinking about self-care differently. Um, and over the years, you know, it wasn't too long after that where I had my daughter who is now 19 and I have also had two twin boys who are 17. Um, and so, you know, when I had my kids, I sort of dove a little deeper because as a new mom, I wanted to take really good care of them. And so what did that mean? And for me at the time, it was uh, another pivotal place because I had three kids, you know, under three. And I, if I, I realized if I didn't take care of myself, if I didn't, you know, have some space for taking care of myself and I wasn't able to show up for anybody in my life. And so there were times where I, you know, I just was of the mindset, like I need to plow through. And some days like I did like three kids under three little kids, you know, mm -hmm. I needed to just kind of get, just, you know, move through those days. But I also realized if I spent too many days like that, not taking care of myself, then I wasn't, um, I, you know, for me, what would happen usually is that I would feel, start to feel that emotional dip, you know, that, that sadness, that depression. Um, so it's just been a process over the years of learning what I need in my body, but also what do I need in my spirit mm -hmm. and redefining self-care. And that's what Jill and I talk so much about, um, you know, ourselves and with our clients is this is, this is about redefining self-care for us and for women. And it is like definitely some of the practical stuff we're going to talk about so important, but it's also, um, you know, digging a little deeper and asking those questions like Jill talked about, you know, is this nourishing me, not only my body, but my mind, and my spirit. And so that's been my journey as well, which is why I think Jill and I have been able to come together and just really create um, something beautiful for women because we have had these experiences and we really share, um, we, we really share like this paradigm of this, the strategy and soul of self-care mm -hmm. and we need to, we need to address both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love both of your stories so much and, um, two things really, the whole stories really, really touched me, but two things really jumped out at me. And, um, Angel, when you had said about the sugar and that when you recognized that you were a sugar addict or that you needed to have sugar, um, and talking about just being tired of being a new mom, uh, that just plays, I think, into so many people's lives because when you hit that, you know, three o'clock work crash, you're trained to think about having a candy bar or like a piece of sugar to kind of jumpstart right your day again and it's just it plays in our minds so um how did you make the connection that it was that you were definitely you know looking for the sugar and how did you start to work away from that mm -hmm. so for me um you know there was just this awareness i started i started really when i had um when I had kids really looking at what I was putting in my body even more closely. And so just having this awareness that I was fueling myself with so much sugar, I started to, um, I went through this phase where I was going to like 
I was going to improve the quality of the sugar I, I <laughs> ate. So same, same thing. I was like, you know, instead of like the candy bar and the Mountain Dew, like I'm going to have the juice and I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to use the honey and I'm still getting mm-hmm. a lot of sugar. So it was not, it was like this um, process, but it, it all, it, it, it was mostly about what can I add in, um, which is something Jill and I talk a lot about, you know, what can I add in that's going to kind of crowd out some of the foods that are not nourishing me, that are zapping me of my energy. And so what I finally over time realized for me is that I needed to add in more um, high quality protein and more healthy fat. And I needed to make sure I was doing that early on in the day because Mm. that would set me up for um, better energy throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, skimping on breakfast or focusing on just, you know, a real carb-based breakfast, when I started adding in healthy fats, whether it was, um, you know, just even like more butter, more um, grass, um, pasture-raised eggs, mm-hmm. um, you know, having some good protein in the morning, having a smoothie with coconut oil, whatever it was, that started to shift things for me. And it was also amazing that my taste buds just started to change Mm -hmm. over time. So Mm -hmm. things that I previously ate and loved just started to taste way too sweet. Mm -hmm. And I also noticed a big difference in my hormonal cycle, to be honest as well. And that, that was, that encouraged me to keep going. Like my, I really struggled with PMS, um, pretty extreme PMS. And so as I started to change my diet, even a little bit and take better care of myself, that started to resolve. And so that was, that was very encouraging for me to continue to, to, you know, mm-hmm. add in healthier foods and healthier habits and behaviors. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I also love, and I, there's a few things that I loved about what you both said in your stories, but, um, Angel, that sometimes kid, having kids is what is like a precipitating, um, event for us to say, oh my gosh, I have these humans that I need to take care of now (laughs) how am I going to start and we start reflecting on our own self-care and I love how you some days you had to like it was a a crazy day you mentioned but just having that awareness and starting that journey of okay one day maybe I'm just focusing on drinking all the all my water tomorrow things will be a little bit better so just having that awareness that if you don't um, pay attention to that over the next couple of days, it does also then start to affect your mental health as well. Um, yeah. I think that's the same for all of us, but just to have that in the forefront is, is so yes. important. Mm-hmm. One of the other things really quick and um, Jill, I think similarly, we, I decided, and again, it was precipitated by having kids that I just, I just made the decision that I was going to sit down and eat with my kids because just, mm-hmm. Even if the sink was full, and obviously I didn't do this 100% all the time, every day, but the majority of the time I kind of had this bottom line, you know, and um, non-negotiable that I was going to sit down and eat with my kids um, because I want, because I, partially because I have my teaching background and I really knew the research behind that, how important Mm -hmm. that is for kids and um, impacts so so much of their lives. So that was really, that was, when I look back, that was key for me to have Mm -hmm. made that decision. Um, my house was often a mess and I was not, there were a lot of other things that kind of fell to the wayside. So we, we kind of all pick our, 
you know, the things that we've focused on. And, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful that that was one of the things I focused on because ultimately it served me really well as well as my kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jill, you were talking about uh, during your journey how you started to ask better questions. And so I'm just curious, how did you know that that was a question that, that resonated with you? And then what did you do if maybe the question or the answer was something that was just way off base? Did you just say, well, that doesn't feel right, or I'm going to try it and then see how it goes? Yeah, I think at the time, this is so long ago, this is about over 20 (laughs) years ago, but I just think at the time I didn't have the language for it quite yet. I was paving a journey, a way that really hadn't been paved for me yet. And I feel like um, through the traditional ways of therapy that I was going through, it just wasn't really working for me. And so it actually started happening when I stopped that support structure. And I'm not always an advocate for that, Mm -hmm. but that I realized that support structure wasn't nourishing my healing. So Mm -hmm. that prompted like, is this working for me? And if it's not working for me, then why am I, why am I continuing to do it? Which shifted into, you know, kind of a rogue way of doing it. Like Mm -hmm. stopping seeing a therapist isn't something I would necessarily recommend, but in my gut, I knew that that wasn't a good fit for me. And, um, shortly thereafter, I was introduced to, um, a, a group of three other women. And I can't even tell you how we all came about, but we all came about together and decided to meet one hour a week and they were all going through their own situations and I was going through mine and it was an, is a very powerful hour of us just sharing, um, what, what wasn't going well mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. was going well, what's working, what's not working, kind of what's missing, what's emerging. Those are some questions that we've created over time at the Nourish to Flourish Society to ask yourself. And so through that experience, realizing that there's beauty and vulnerability and sharing our story and, um, and then, you know, just realizing, yeah, what, it, what is working for me and what isn't, and this way of eating for me and this way of thinking about this is obviously not working. I was 87 pounds. I was very depressed. I had gone in for an EKG. My heart rate was very irregular and that woke me up when I went into the hospital and had to get that done. And all of a sudden I had all these people coming over me. I realized these things are starting to take shape internally. And mm-hmm. this is a very serious issue. And um, it, I, I basically hit a rock bottom. And so I had to pave a path that, okay, these things aren't working for me the way mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this. And so generally it just started, it just started moving in this other direction. Now that's not to say that, I mean, I was, I was eating zero fat, you know, talk about Angel and I, in our work right now, we're really encouraging women to be comfortable with eating more fat. But at the time I was terrified mm-hmm. of eating fat and really terrified about it because I thought I would gain weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of women who might be listening to this might resonate with that idea. Absolutely. And so it was a journey. It took time. It mm-hmm. took kind of um, dissolving some of those preconceived ideas that I thought were true about what it meant to be healthy and really reworking them. And what lets me know this is really true. And is this really true? Cause mm-hmm. you know, eating this way, especially with, um, having zero fat grams and still having a lot of sugar, 
my mind was not thinking straight. And so like I, so that was for me, the questions just came one season at a time. Hmm. And over time, they just kind of strung together into what we've created together today. If that helps answer the question. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think also when you mentioned like starting 20 years ago, not only were you, you had your internal thoughts about the fat um, and whether that was good or bad at the time, but externally, I think in our culture at that time, fat was not um, recommended, right? So there were so many, I think you're right that so many listeners are going to be able to resonate with that because we were we were seeing that in the media and it was just surrounding us about not having fat was bad right so it was mm-hmm. do you find mm-hmm. that that was the case then yeah and i'd like to say you know we, we talk about this at, in the nourish to flourish society that all women are on their own continuum and we're all moving in this direction of mm-hmm. really trying to understand what most nourishes you right and it, it doesn't matter where anybody else is. This is where you are, and your goal is to move along that in a way of figuring this out. And, you know, you're not going to figure it all out at one time. Mm-hmm. Even women who go through the reset with us, our 14-day reset, you know, they'll come and they'll learn a few very valuable things, and then they'll go off and experience that for a little while and come back and mm-hmm. add to that and add to that. And I think that's the case in my journey. I'm sure it's the case, you know, I know it is for Angels. Like, um, and so, yeah, those those ideas that we have, the practices that we're choosing to do, you realize maybe they served a purpose for something at the time. Like I thought I was doing something good for me. Yeah. And then I realized, well, this, yeah, that actually is an outdated strategy and that's not working for me anymore. And I would also add what, one of the things I learned, and this was a good seven years later and I was, you know, in a really healthy place. Um, I had learned this concept of primary and secondary food. And it was this idea that secondary food are the things that come on your plate. And like Angel, you know, said earlier with, you know, sugar intake and a whole bunch of other things, we tackle that in the reset. Like we give you, you know, um, there are foods that nourish you better than other foods and give you more energy and, um, you know, stabilize blood sugar and balance your hormones and all that. And then there's this primary food piece, which, you know, could be um, coined as non-food things that feed you on a deeper level. And so how are you primarily fed in your relationships and the Mm -hmm. work you're doing, how you move your body, how you talk to yourself? And when I heard that, I felt like that, that embodied the work that I had done previously to go through my healing. And I think it's important for women to understand as we talk about the strategy and soul of self-care like these, all of these things matter yeah. and it's yeah. it, the food piece is definitely a huge piece. And then also really how are we thinking about things and, and how are we showing up in our life um, as far as self-care is concerned among other things. So that was another piece of my journey that was a pivotal time for me to get some language around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, the other thing that you had mentioned before is when you got out of your head and into your heart, and you just talked about your journey, you started recognizing what was good for you, and I I think that's important and can really, people will hear that too, because we often are thinking, like you said, more in our heads and not what what works for me. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) 
So we cannot wait for you to um, talk a little bit about your work and you know what all this wonderful um, work that you're both doing in the Nourish to Flourish Society. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we are um, really here to support women, to inspire, educate women, and we're, our work has been evolving, and we have this 14-day reset, which is a beautiful foundational program for women. And through that program, we've taken we've taken a couple thousand women through this program over the last three and a half years, almost three and a half years. And it's a it's a really specifically designed, strategically designed program that allows women to have this what we call an anchoring experience of what what it feels like when you're nourished really well and when you are eating on a rhythm that's um, aligned with your body's natural rhythm. And what does it feel like when I am bumping myself up the to-do list, you know, and mm -hmm. taking better care of myself and practicing self-care around sleep and water and all kinds of things. And we also address, we begin to address mindset and self-talk. So that yeah. gives women this, um, and what we hear from women is that it gives them a beautiful foundation. It helps jumpstart weight loss. It helps boost energy. It helps calm cravings um, and a whole host of other things we've got on our website, um, the nurse to flourish society.com. We've got lots and lots of um, testimonials from women. Um, so that's been a large part of the work that we do and have been doing over the past few years. And we also have another program that is a newer program called Calm Mind, Calm Life, because the feedback we've heard from women um, is that probably one of the biggest challenges is around stress and um, how that in terms of how that's impacting them and how they feel and weight and health and all of those things. So we created um, a program that is, is really designed to help you move from stress and overwhelm to calm, more calm and grounded. And we're kind of um, redefining self-care, as I mentioned earlier, to think about it as really practical stuff, like that fun stuff, of course, like getting the facial, getting the massage, getting the, you know, pedicure, like that is self-care. And also self-care is, um, it's paying attention to your mindset. It's talking more, speaking more kindly to yourself. Mm -hmm. It is um, having support and accountability in your life. And so it's um, digging a little deeper, like we talked about, to ask, ask questions about what truly nourishes you. And so what we, what we do at the Nourish to Flourish Society, and, you know, in a large part is help women um, hopefully have like a paradigm shift about what, what it mm -hmm. means to take care of themselves um, and also, you know, give themselves permission to yeah. take care of themselves, to invest the time, the energy, the money, whatever that, whatever needs to happen to be able to, to be able to really, um, take better care of themselves because we, we really, we know to be true that when we take better care of ourselves in those ways, everyone around us benefits, we benefit mm -hmm. and everyone benefits. Mm -hmm. So there's still this pervasive belief in our society that taking good care of ourselves, uh, as women investing the time, energy, money is, selfish mm -hmm. so many women still yeah. you know hold that belief it's been so ingrained in that what makes what makes me a good woman a good mom a good you know husband or wife a good sister a good friend is when I put everyone else first mm 
yeah. we're, you know, we're, the work that we're doing is to say um, that you can actually show up more powerfully in your life for yourself and everyone around you when you are nourished well in body, mind, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And that means so many different things to different people. So mm-hmm. that's what I would say. And Jill, what would you, you know, what would you add to that about our work? Hmm. What women tell us over and over again is that they love that there's no perfect Mm-hmm. in the work you know when you are setting for example the reset the reset gives you a plan and you can follow it to a T but we encourage women to relax into that you know mm-hmm. follow it definitely follow it but there's something that happens when we say hey ladies there's no perfect here and there's really no failure here there's feedback there's an experience you have like let's say you're on it and you go um, and eat, you know, 10 cookies cause you're stressed out. And we would say, well, that's not failure. You know, what can you learn from this experience? And just being able to use the experiences that you're given instead of label them and judge them and feel mm-hmm. shame around them. And so it becomes a grace soaked journey. Women tell us again and again, how much that the work that they experience at the nourish to flourish society is, is so gracious. And it, and it teaches women, again, how to be kind to themselves mm-hmm. and have compassion for who they are, where they are, where they've been. And, um, you know, as a society, what we love is that we really do come around each other and rally each other. And, and it's a no competing, no comparing zone. Like, it's all about celebration. It's encouragement. Um, it's inspiration. How can we how can we show up as like a sisterhood mm-hmm. and encourage each other and give each other a space where maybe they don't have that at home. And if they don't, we want to model that. We want to model how to speak kindly, how to be gracious and, and how to do that in community. Mm-hmm. So I would, add, I would add that. I love that. I love a lot of things that you both said, but really, and that's kind of the mission of this podcast to redefine and, and talk about self care differently Again, we both love facials and massages too, but talk getting around the thoughts that we have about self-care that, and what Angel mentioned it not being selfish. That's a lot of work right there. That first step to getting to even practicing it. And I love Jill, what you said about it. It just doesn't have to be perfect. And, um, those are just two things that really hit home for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we really Beautiful. try hard in this in our day and age to teach our kids that, you know, be inclusive, not exclusive. And I think sometimes uh, as as moms, we feel like you both said, we have to be perfect or assume that we should be perfect. Um, and a lot of mom shaming happens, a lot of shaming on ourselves and we feel bad about it. But we really need to change that dialogue and just be like, I'm going to make mistakes I tell my kids that all the time. I'm going to make a ton of mistakes. Um, it's I'm just not perfect. I just can't be there um, 110% of the time and show up 110% of the time all the time and not put myself first, you know, too. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a lot that we got going on. <laughs> but it's I love beautiful. that you I love that you all are both um, are teaching I accept you for where you are right now and all of the women that come to your to your workshop and to to get support by you it seems to me from what you're saying and it's clear that you accept them for where they are yeah i love that 
Is there anything else that you'd like to share about your work? We have a, another fun question for you, but I wanted to see if there was anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners. Oh, go ahead. Do you have anything, Angel? Um, well, we'd like to have fun, too. We'd like to have fun. We'd like I heard to, dance like, party. Love music. <laughs> we love laughing. We love, you know, and just bringing bring a lightness like an authenticity and um you know so that means like the you know it's some of that deeper stuff and then there's some lighter stuff Mm -hmm. you know because we all need to lighten up more yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah and laugh I love that yeah Mm -hmm. what's the number one (laughs) number one challenge you both face to practicing regular self-care in your life do you want to go Jill or you want me to (laughs) Well, I was thinking, yeah, so when I think through this question right now, in my season right now, I think the seasons change from from time to time. I mean, one thing I didn't mention earlier is that I've been through this uh, challenge of Lyme disease. I was diagnosed about four and a half years ago, and before the diagnosis, I spent a lot of time in bed. I was exhausted. I could not get out of bed. I I had, I was dealing with a lot of chronic pain, depression, brain fog, you name it. Um, I'm doing a lot better now. So I would say the challenges shift with the season that I'm in. And so when I think about it right now, as far as having three boys at very active ages, you know, running this company, um, you know, wanting to be connected to my community and family, um, we're heading into summertime. Mm -hmm. And so I have a home office. And so my boys are home. And when I, think about, you know, it's when, how I want to nourish myself. Cause I feel like in many ways, I'm pretty good at exercising self-care, I, you know, and I think Angel is as well. Um, and that's why we love to talk about it. Cause we've been through the journey, mm-hmm. you know, and we're still, we're still running this journey alongside y'all, but I feel like, you know, in some ways, you know, through the depression struggles we've had and the Lyme disease and the three young kids, you know, my kids were three kids under four. Angel was like three kids under three. I was laughing, <laughs> Angel, when you were talking about how, you know, I'm sitting down with my kids when they eat. And I was remembering a time where I, my husband and I would take shifts because the baby was not happy. Mm. The baby was colicky. And so he would take the baby so I could sit down for 15 minutes and then I would take the baby so he could sit down, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, you know, when I want, how I want to nourish myself contradicts the timely needs and demands of my family and what it means to run a household. And, you know, even the expectations, if I would say mm-hmm. around what that looks like. So I would say that's the number one challenge for me that I continually revisit you know, how I desire to nourish myself against my kids' needs. I was thinking this morning how, so I have this time that I spend after I drop the kids off to school where I get myself a good half hour of quiet time. I have my tea. I do a little um, reflection, reading, praying while they're home now. And so I decided to shift this to the early morning time Mm. and give myself that space. And, um, I do some stretching. I, I still do the things I was doing, but my adorable eight-year-old boy is an early riser. Oh. And so my alone time isn't so alone. You know, he'll sit next to me. He wants to snuggle and read and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and so that tension to experience what I need for alone time to recharge mm-hmm. for what's ahead with 
the needs that I, you know, or the desire that I have to be with him in that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Balancing so that's one, that. One example. Yeah. 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 For me, you know, on the surface, I could probably say now and always it's been about time. But when I dig a little deeper, it's in the past, it, my biggest challenge really was around mindset. It was my mindset and feeling worthy of taking the time for self care and really addressing, you know, negative self talk and that kind of thing. But I would say that. Um, I've, I've really worked through a lot of that and really what the biggest challenge now is and has been for a while. And it's very similar to what Jill's saying is, is about boundaries and it's about, you know, as an example. So I, you know, one of the things that I, um, love to do as far as self care, when I'm able to do is a massage and I'm really fortunate because I have some insurance that helps with that. And so I take advantage of that. Well, we are, um, I have older kids now, so I have a 19 year old um, who has her own car, but I have two 17 year olds who do not. And so, you know, we're always juggling cars. And so when it comes up that one of the kids, one of my um, guys didn't set up a ride for where he needed to be, and then it's my time for a massage, you know, what happens? Like, Mm -hmm. do I, do I, you know, say, okay, let's, you know, let's try to figure it out. But at the end, you know, when it comes down to it, if we can't, do I have a boundary around that? So it's, it's like navigating boundaries Mm -hmm. all the time and communicating, you know, communicating those to my, not only my kids, but to my husband, Mm -hmm. um, I would say is probably the biggest challenge and it's not a hard and fast thing. There's some days I give, right. There's Mm -hmm. some days that I give, and then there's some days I say, you know what? Nope, this is my boundary. Yes. So I'm, I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Boundaries are such a great topic. Yes. It is such a great conversation They're... to have because they get blurred mm-hmm. a little bit too much sometimes. But yes. I definitely agree boundaries is a big topic. Mm-hmm. can be a fun topic. We can have laughs when we do it. <laughs> we could. We, there's, we could. Yes, I think that's a great topic for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> totally relate. Um, so if you only had five minutes to do something for self-care, what would you choose to do? Hmm. So for me, if I had five minutes for self-care, these are the things that um, come to mind that I do regularly. I tune into my breath. Like mm-hmm. I take a couple minutes and take a few deep breaths. Um, I were, I check in with my mindset and I speak kindly to myself. I, it's kind of like it's in my head. It's like the most, it's like the most beautiful mothering or grandmothering voice. Like if I'll check in, like, like, okay, honey, like, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you, do you know, it's very mothering. Um, and then the really practical things for me, like in five minutes, along with breath is stretch. I stretch a lot. Mm-hmm. I stretch all the time. Um, throughout the day and then drink water is another one because mm-hmm. I can go I can get really like lost in my day and realize I haven't drank that much that water so that's another like okay self-care like I need to drink some water mm-hmm. so those are some of my sort of five minutes self-care practices that I do regularly and that really make a difference for me awesome thank mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. how about you Jill <clears throat> Um, so the breathing for me, I, I definitely focus on if I had just five minutes. So some practical ones would be 
kind of getting out of my head like we're talking about and tuning into my body and I do that best by both breathing uh, as well as getting outside mm. there's something in nature for me that's very reconnecting and recentering so I have a, a back patio that I love to sit on especially when the sun is shining I'll put my face to the sun get some good sunlight listen to the birds I've got a really comfortable um, cozy front porch so if it's not great outside, I will go to the front porch for a little stillness and breathing. Mm-hmm. Like Angel, I also love to stretch. Um, I water my plants. There's something about getting into, again, into the dirt or with my plants. I'm Like we talked about at the beginning, we're tea enthusiasts. I drink a lot of tea. <laughs> so even just making myself a cup of tea mm-hmm. and then continuing on with my day, I really love that. And to me, self-care also is um, if I had five extra minutes at a meal to sit, um, you know, so I, I'm pretty good at sitting down and taking the time I need, but there's some days where I do feel rushed and Angel and I will say, we just need a few extra minutes. We need a few extra minutes here. If we're in the middle of a meeting, we break for lunch and come back. So taking five extra minutes for anyone listening to really sit at your meal and eat a little bit slower and relax in the moment. For me, that has been a very um, life-giving, not rushing off to the next thing. And we find that that is a very powerful thing for a lot of the women that we support. Um, So, and then the other one would be just a walk outside. Might just get my legs moving because I do sit a lot more being behind a screen than Mm -hmm. I'm used to. So getting out and and walking outside is another one. Oh, they're all great. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all great. I love the stretching, too. You both mentioned stretching. I mean, I, I love so many of them because I, I have a front porch that I'm absolutely in love with. But And just getting outside in the garden and all that. But a lot of people forget about stretching. And you both mentioned that. And I just thought to yeah. myself, when is the last time <laughs> that I did that? So <laughs> it I feels love so good. Blood flow feeling that I get, yeah, it just mm-hmm. re-energizes me, which is yeah. you know when I do stretching, that's often what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I need to. Um, it would be so fun if we had a, like a hidden camera in our space where we work, <laughs> and so you would see me doing like I'm like standing up, bending over, <laughs> like opening up, jumping up and down, like <laughs> just like. <laughs> Getting moving a little bit. Yeah. I get all angles of Angela. Well, and another thing, a couple weeks ago, we were in Asheville. We were working with our business um, and, you know, mastermind group. And they were long days. You know, we were sitting down for eight to 10 hours at a time. And Angela and I would get up and we'd spend a good half hour to an hour in the corners, both doing our stretches instead of sitting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You need to get that blood flow again like you said just that feeling of it yeah absolutely mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. what is the most surprising thing you've ever learned about self-care so for me over time the most surprising thing I would say is um, it's really what's brought us to this place in our work that there's a strategy and a soul to it and it comes back Um, it comes back to self-love and self-worth and the practical five-minute things matter and also the self-talk matters and the way that I'm you know being aware of my mindset and 
so that has taken me that's taken me some time and experience to really really not only understand on a logic in a you know logical way but to to have to embody that in my life um so yeah that's what's been most surprising mm -hmm. on my journey i love that i think for me when i when i sit down and really sit with it like what's been most surprising and <laughs> It's not surprising to me when I really think about it, but when I go through my days, a lot of times I'm trying to reach the end point. Mm. Um, I'm trying to reach, like I've arrived somewhere, like I, I get this done, you know, there's some women that do come through the reset thinking that, you know, you just do these things for 14 days and then all of a sudden it happens. And what you realize is that there is no destination of I've mastered this. Mm -hmm. And instead it's, it's an ongoing practice self-care, is an ongoing practice and we have seasons that ebb and throw through flow through busy and unexpected you know even challenging seasons angel and i share them so candidly together um but through it all self-care is an intentional practice mm -hmm. and it happens day after day you show up for yourself you set the intention you follow through and of course you extend grace and kindness and compassion but that you continue to show up and that it is a part of, you know, who you are and what you do and the practices that you have. And I can say that it looks different for different seasons, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. I, when I was thinking through this question, I was remembering a time a few years ago, and hear this from women, hear this from women in our reset where I can't do this. You know, my, my elderly parent isn't, I'm taking care of them or they're in hospice or somebody had a surgery and it's like the next like um stressful events right. mm -hmm. you know and it somehow those stressful against events get strung up against each other again and again and i was remembering a time a few years ago where my son spent a week in the hospital um with a scary health situation and i was by his side the entire time but i realized that my self-care in that moment i could still practice it and mm. what it what it was in that moment was it was just right then and there, just focusing on each meal that I did have for the day, that it was going to be a nourishing meal to me. Um, and I was going to figure out ways to bring that into the hospital so that I could be cared for. And then, you know, take naps or letting go of what I needed outside of the hospital bed so I could protect my energy and be there. And then, you know, that passed. And so then you go to the next thing. But again, it's just whatever's in front of you, just being able to be intentional about well, what can I do with the situation, mm -hmm. you know, and it, and it will shift depending on your season, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. You're still yeah. practicing it. Yeah. Right? So I right. love that. Yeah. yeah. And as you said um, earlier, this is just, you're just paving the journey, not only for yourself, but for so many others through all of the wonderful work that the two of you are doing through Nourish to Flourish Society. Um, you're so gracious and you're both so calming. I could <laughs> probably continue this conversation for a while. Yeah. I feel very energized by talking <laughs> with you all. So thank you for everything that you shared. Um, is there anything that you have coming up that you would like to share with our audience so that they um, can look forward to? 
Yes, we, we have our 14-day reset, our fall reset. So our reset is um, the program we've mentioned a couple of times, and we offer it throughout the year, and we offer it in the fall and in the winter and the spring. Um, we have our fall one coming up at the beginning of September, and it's um, just a beautiful experience for women and very grounding, as we mentioned. It's a very strategic plan, grace-filled, support-filled, um, and it's at the heart of it, it really is about self-care and, you know, what does it feel like to feel really nourished and well taken care of by me, you know, mm -hmm. not looking outside of, you know, for somebody else to take care of, of me, but what does it look like and feel like when I take care of myself? So mm -hmm. there's a, there's a, there's a menu plan with delicious food that really is food that the whole family tends to love. You know, you hear that sometimes, but we have, we have, we have like hundreds of testimonials. So many women, like, I can't believe like my, um, you know, my husband loves this food. My kids love this food. My quote unquote picky eater loves this food. Um, so it, and that's part of what we, you know, the strategy that we designed uh, designed it with is to be able to have it be one meal for for mm -hmm. you and for anybody else that you're feeding because we want it to be easy for you to learn how to do this, eat this way, nourish yourself this way in the midst of your very full life mm -hmm. and not have it be harder. Great. That is really something to look forward to. Um, well, thank you again so much for coming on. We will definitely share all of the information as far as how to reach you through your website. And um, thanks again. We really appreciate everything that you're doing. And um, you are influencing women all over. So thank you. You're so welcome. And thank you. Thank you for having us. And thank you for doing the work that you're doing in the world to support women. We're um, very grateful. Thank you so much, ladies. This was so much fun. It was. Thanks <laughs> for being on today. Yep. Hello, everyone. We are back. Kim and I are here with some of our takeaways from the episode with Angel and Jill from the Nourish to Flourish Society. Kim, what do you think? I thought that was such an amazing episode. It was a great conversation. There was so much... There was so much to write down and to and to think about. What was some of your takeaways? What did you take away? So I love the whole um, when we discussed giving yourself permission, and I, I think it was Angel that said just giving yourself permission to practice self care before even getting to the point of what is self care to, to me, but giving me the permission to practice it, I think is the first step, and it's. You know, talking about your mindset and your thoughts and your beliefs and your values around doing something nice for yourself, filling your cup first before taking care of everything else that we mm -hmm. take care of in our worlds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really um, connected to what Jill had said about asking better questions. And I've been reading a lot more books about that, about um, just really setting a mindset, which they talk about a lot, but asking yourself the questions that really make sense to you and um, to look inside what matters. Just don't answer the question on a fly, though sometimes you have to do that sometimes in a situation, but really to see if the situation resonates with you before you go and answer. So getting back to your permission standpoint, I've been really giving myself permission not to answer mm. um, 
somebody like first with my first like of course I've got to answer this right now I can wait right if it's something that can wait I do wait and let it sit with my soul and figure out if this is a you know how I'm going to answer this or is this a question Mm -hmm. or is there something else that's that's deeper oh I love that I also loved when Angel talked about situation with her kids and I think she mentioned um kids that needed in her family that needed rides to different various things that they're involved in whether it's friends or sports or different activities and when one didn't arrange for that ride and her her dilemma really was do I give up what I had planned for myself to take care of myself to then kind of save the day and take my child to where they need to Mm -hmm. go and it's those constant boundaries and helping people around us learn what the boundaries are so they can be proactive and do the things they need to do so I think that's a really great thing to bring up and especially you and I having children it comes up probably more times than uh, we'd like but too much (laughs) do we stop what we're doing or do we allow them to uh kind of learn a lesson in it it's a hard thing to navigate as a parent it is it is but I think we we look at it as well we don't want to let them down right Right. but also on the flip side it builds their character to say figure this out Mm -hmm. like you need to figure this out you need to figure out a way to get to work because I need the car which I think is what um Angel was talking about was Angel was Angel was talking about it Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm I think both of them both said this, and I really need to practice this more, practice this more in my life, is to not take myself so seriously. And mm-hmm. they threw out having a dance party a couple of times. I think that's a really great idea. It is, um, yeah. Uh, though my kids wouldn't want me to dance in front of them, I just think it's fun to just put on some loud music and yeah, kind of let things go a little bit and let yourself go. Yeah. Our kids forget how cool we are. Exactly. They right? do. I think so. I keep so. trying to remind them. Yeah. Um, and I love that they're listening to the music that I used to listen to. Yes. Like, yes. they think they found it, they found it, or that they were the first ones to listen to Journey's Don't Stop Believing It. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, no. That's right. <laughs> so what's our self-care challenge for the week? Our self-care challenge for the week is to not take yourself so seriously to maybe throw yourself your own dance party and to laugh and to live out loud. And I love this quote by Emile Zola. If you ask me what I came into this life to do, I will tell you I came to live out loud. Oh, I love that. So live out loud this week. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in this week. Remember to fill your cup first. You deserve it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fill Your Cup First. We loved spending time with you. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember to fill your cup first. You deserve it.